Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> You're listening to The Glitter Boys. Just Jacob is joining us again for another intro recording. This time we're looking at Beyond the Supernatural, which is yet one more of those Palladium franchises that Matthew and I basically know nothing about. Do you know anything about Beyond the Supernatural? Jacob is joining this from this one because this is one of the ones that NPC and I know basically nothing about. <laughs> yeah, Beyond the Supernatural, you know... It's one of the granddaddies um, of the Palladium verse. Uh, I talk about the three tentpoles of what became Rifts, uh, those being, to a certain extent, Heroes Unlimited, After the Bomb, and Beyond the Supernatural. Beyond the Supernatural originally came out in 1987 by Randy McCall and Kevin and got updated just recently in January 2005 with a major facelift and removal of a whole bunch of stuff. Beyond the Supernatural, as it sounds, is a Kolchak the Night Stalker uh, exploring the dark world at the corners, uh, but without the smash-your-face, Clive Barker-esque nature of um, Night, uh, Night Spawn. Or, yeah. no, no, you got it right. Yeah. Night, <laughs> Night Spawn. Spawn. We're going with Night Spawn, the I don't, original. I, I, don't, I don't remember. It's Yeah, it was Night Spawn yeah, because they that's what it. got him in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you are playing a collection of normal people or people with psionic or slight magical powers that are exploring the dark and supernatural world around us. And it's you can play anything from your run-of-the-mill psionic to a nega psychic to a private investigator to a parapsychologist. Okay, I'm going to be that guy simply for the nature of we don't have that guy, so I'm going to fill mm -hmm. in his shoes temporarily. That just sounds like World of Darkness, Jacob. You're not playing a vampire. <laughs> You're not playing a werewolf. But World of Darkness, you don't have to play a vampire or werewolf. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to play the super limited hunters class uh, classes out of World of Darkness, then you're absolutely right. The thing is, unlike World of Darkness where it's superheroes in the world of the supernatural. Beyond the supernatural, you're on the bottom side of the power dynamic in so many ways. Yeah, sometimes you'll just run into a, you know, poltergeist-possessed flock of chickens, and that might be the adventure. The other time is suddenly there is a cursed statue that is, you know, destroying a manor, and you need to figure out how to take out this bulletproof uh, lightning bolt-throwing uh, demon that has possessed it. You know, it, it runs the gamut. Um, like I said, very much Kolchak the Night Stalker, that sort of thing. There's a little bit of scanners thrown in there with some of the psychic powers. You know, the the magic tomes and stuff, you can definitely see where they started, pulled some, some of the ideas that they laid out in Palladium Fantasy 
with the Diabolist and a couple other classes there. Um, while those are not brought over directly, you can see where they were cribbing their own notes and in a good way. It's definitely a game about uh, not necessarily holding all the cards while facing the supernatural. Okay, so I'm guessing then there's psionics with yes. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Magic? In the original version, yes, there was. There were two classes that could use magic. I, uh, the Arcanist, and I cannot remember what the other one is. Now, are these kind of like the Heroes Unlimited version of the mage? or Yeah, it's kind of similar to the Heroes Unlimited version of the mage. Uh, the Arcanist was the big spell thrower. Think something more along the lines of a Leyline Walker or some of the other magic classes of Rifts it was closer to. It wow. just Without the MDC, but a lot of the same some of these spells are exactly the same okay there is also um psionic slash magic mechanic class as well yeah. that is where they cribbed the uh techno mage from for rifts and it was in beyond the supernatural um think more along the lines of the way they're doing it uh russian experiments into psychomancy and that sort of thing um that's kind of where they're gripping from so when we were preparing for this episode you mentioned something that i found very curious which was that beyond the supernatural was apparently the origin of the ppe mm-hmm. concept and magic that rifts became and then palladium eventually second mm-hmm. edition turned into yep beyond the supernatural you're right here in the first book in the first edition book there's ppe uh a lot of the game revolves around ley lines mm-hmm. the laszlo agency which um victor laszlo one of the major characters in riffs uh is a, a originally set up in beyond the supernatural the, all of that was laid out in, in this book and in this game and got expanded upon into riffs. I want to talk about something which struck me because this is my first time looking at the book. You have two very different competing artists. You oh, have yeah. <laughs> the very clean Kevin Long and playing, uh, playing right next to him, you have this beautiful, dirty kind of kind of the best part of white wolf uh art o'connor it's it's just just gorgeous give me a page reference so i can see what you're talking about uh i'm looking at the first edition right now mm-hmm. let's see uh let's go with page 36 excuse me 26 26 i'm going like this is a skill list <laughs> <laughs> or then 47 that's a beautiful oh, picture wow too. yeah if you're not talking about punch meat monsters and people doing constipated yelling this is the kind of art i was talking about yep that's that looks borderline scary stories to tell in the dark level of artwork yeah yeah and this is all by um, oh my god yeah yeah it's good stuff that's and this is by stuff. uh uh, Beset, I believe. Go. Yeah, Beset. But I, I, I want to say something else. I have two favorite artists from the 60s and 70s, and one of them did the cover. Mm-hmm. Richard motherfucking Corbin. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, a, a smutty artist, if you're familiar with his work. God <laughs> yeah. bless his evil little soul. Yep. I have no idea what he's doing on the cover of this, but it's... I, I, I love his monsters. I love his heroes. I... 
I I love the ladies that he draws. Uh, <laughs> and once but, again, um, this is some of the best. This is this is a Matthew happy place. This is all the artists he really likes. If there was Boris Vallejo in here, he would have he would have done he would have checked all my boxes. I, and once again, talk about a Palladium book which cover sells the game you're playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this game, you're going to shoot a thing that eats you. <laughs> yeah, there's this woman diving to grab a eldritch tome, a guy just haul, spraying with an Uzi, another person who's getting eaten by this beast and they're in some weird hieroglyph covered ruin and it's it you know that's what this game's about you're not on the power side of this dynamic you are punching upward (laughs) however that brings me to get you to talk about what i think is one of the more ingenious mechanics of the game that your characters have more power the closer they are to the supernatural. Yep. You could be the psychic Mm -hmm. and have a great array of powers. But when you are not around other supernatural elements, your ISP is pitifully low. You might be able to get off one or two powers a day. Mm -hmm. But it amplifies the closer you get to other supernatural sources like demons and creatures. Or ley lines. Or ley lines, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a really cool ability. Like that makes it so that you've got a built-in limiting mechanic for the world, mm-hmm. which is something that I feel a lot of conspiracy horror investigation games don't do right mm-hmm. when they give players the ability to play characters that have magic and psionics. That tends to break those games. Mm-hmm. It tends to make it so that the GM is more limited in what they can throw against the party to challenge them. However, this means that they're unable to use those powers to just win in reality. They can't just like become, you know, some god of finance by corrupting the minds of people to give them money or whatever. They can't break the world, but they can fight the monsters. And I really like that. Yeah, and that's a great one. That is... One of the things that they really toned down in the second edition and um, in the BTS community, beyond the supernatural community, there's a lot of mixed feelings about the second edition. One of the biggest hurt feelings is they pulled the Arcanist class completely out, which was the major magic using class, because they were going to put it in the supplement that doesn't that exist. exist and hasn't exist for for years and it's still listed as coming soon on the palladium plate please kevin put me out of my damn misery mechanoid space (laughs) yeah they're gonna be released together oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then they uh in the second edition they also redid all of the occupational character classes uh a lot of the uh psychic classes are much more echoes of classes that existed in rifts like the, mm. the firewalker class got introduced which is you know the burster yeah the latent psychic is still there thank god but they they kind of straightjacketed some of the psychic ones they added a couple others you know like let's see they added the autistic psychic savant oh. which oh my god don't even get Dating me started itself right there yeah. yeah, for 2005, no less. 
They straightjacketed the psychics a little bit into some very specific roles uh, that aren't as as free form as the Beyond the Supernatural was. And that was two functions. One, it brings it in line with more of the whole Palladium megaverse a lot more easily uh, in a lot of ways. And it did simplify and correct a lot of things that were problematic. But, you know... Overall, I like both editions. They both have their pluses and minuses. Um, and uh, if you're ever thinking about running the game, just make sure that no one takes a Nega Psychic. Otherwise, you will have uh, party-on-party killing within the <laughs> first half hour. <laughs> nice. So I just I just had this weird thought, and it's not about this game specifically, but it's about this game and the last game, because I'm just flipping through... 40 pages of cut and paste of guns down to the the cop kneeling at the crime scene and yep. the the weapons and equipment. And it just occurred to me how Palladium can spend all this time world building is that they, they spend the time once to make a list, mm-hmm. to make a table, and then they don't bloody revise it too much. They just drop nope. it into the next one. And then they yep. can spend the time. They can spend the budget on building the concept. Mm-hmm. And while I knew they did both those things, I never figured out how they did it. I think that's the, exactly how they did that. Here's what I think Palladium should do. I say as I step over my soapbox <laughs> next to thousands of other soapboxes with other people shouting what they think Palladium should do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So take this for what it is. <laughs> I want to see a single core rule book. Much like World of Darkness did with the second edition, mm-hmm. or the new World of Darkness. A single core rule book, call it the Megaversal System. Palladium Megaverse role-playing game. Have it give you the rules of play, and then maybe a few handful iconic classes of the different settings. Then create setting books that lay the foundation for those worlds. Like a Rifts game that has all the classes And, you know, all of the interesting stuff and the rules very specifically for like rifts robots or whatnot, but, but nothing else, right? Mm -hmm. You know, just, just focus on the classes and the world so that we can keep going back to that core system to reference for the gear list, the combat rules for Mm -hmm. all that stuff that just gets copy pasted, copy pasted. That would be wonderful. I was just thinking though, then it wouldn't be a complete role-playing game. But you would, no, it would because it would be one book, a complete (laughs) role-playing game. All you need is one book. A complete role-playing game of infinite possibilities in one book. It would be Are you their saying that would be the book ever. that would allow you to unleash your imagination? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> they could just call it Megaversal RPG, colon, Imagination Unleashed. Yep, 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 yep. That one's for free, Kevin. Take it. Please make it happen. <laughs> and hire me to work on it. Thank you, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and... um. Beyond the Supernatural, a uh, great game, especially if you're into like that weird late 70s, early 80s, pre-X-Files poking in the corner, the dark corners where humans are not meant to tread sort of thing. Yeah, this game sounds like it is more their answer to Call of Cthulhu than mm-hmm. it Agreed. was World of Darkness. Because I understand this even came before World of Darkness existed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It came back. It came before World of Darkness existed. It came after Call of Cthulhu. Uh, it even came um, after Chill. 
And if there was another game out there that had a, has more similarity to this, it would have been chill. Yeah, yeah, I get you. The difference is you have more of a chance and more of an expectation to win in Beyond the Supernatural than in Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. And you can play more interesting characters than you can in chill. Yeah, this, I think, further attests our discussion many times about Palladium being firmly rooted in comic books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, action stories Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff than it is rooted in the works of, you know, Lovecraft or Howard. Yep, absolutely. But if you're going to choose a cover for terrible monsters from beyond the ken of men, you're going to want Richard Corbin. I mean, just just tentacles and tentacles and eldritch horrors from the dawn of time. If you like the cover of the first edition, quick take a look at the cover of the second edition, which is... One of the few where I think the new cover is better than the original cover. Okay. Uh, hold that up. Let me let me see what you're holding there across the table. Okay, that's a really fucking good cover. That said, it doesn't have that feeling of desperation in that first, you know, <laughs> like I for like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Mm-hmm. No D and D book, in my opinion since that player's handbook with the big red statue popping the thing out of the oh, eye yeah. mm-hmm. no D cover since then has captured the game so as perfectly on that cover agreed yeah yeah that is a good cover but it's yeah. i mean it's it's not corbin yeah no it's not corbin <laughs> but but it definitely is like yeah. this is what this game is about absolutely most definitely yeah i get it it just doesn't have that feel of what you were describing yeah mm. but you know, i don't want to Put it down. That's actually a really fucking good picture. (laughs) I have a soft spot in my heart, actually, for that style of cover Mm -hmm. because it reminds me of the era of Palladium fantasy that I got back into Palladium with Mm -hmm. because I started real young with Fantasy First Edition. And then when I finally got into Second Edition, after like Western Empire, Balgor Wastelands book came out, they all had that style of font Mm -hmm. and that crispness of color. And God, I love the look of a brand new Palladium book from that era. Just... Mm -hmm. Definitely. warms my heart <sighs> beyond the supernatural again uh, like ninjas and super spies it's one that i missed and unlike ninjas and super spies which i played once i never even oh. looked at beyond the supernatural i've never physically seen a copy of the book in person until tonight yeah it's like i've seen pictures of it but i've never been in front of me on a table i've played so much ninjas and super spies i've played so much beyond the supernatural it's there probably three and four yeah. on the on my Palladium games for amount of games played. Stephen R. Bissett, the, the artist of the Eldritch Horrors within there, the, the really, mm-hmm. really great dark looking. He looks like someone you'd go on a fishing trip with. I don't know if you've ever looked up what he looks like. <laughs> he does. But that, that, that is a man who could tell me about trout. <laughs> I'm just going to... Drop this in well, the... maybe we'll stat him up and put him on my Thunder in Paradise boat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about this game specifically, but I do want to give a shout out to some other conspiracy investigative horror games that I wish more people would talk about. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about Call of Cthulhu. Everybody talks about World of Darkness. Everybody talks about Gumshoe. Mm-hmm. However, back in the day... In the late 90s, very early 2000s, there was a very short-lived campaign setting for a very short-lived role-playing game. The last role-playing game that old-school actual TSR ever published, called Alternity, 
mm-hmm. was a setting called Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. Dark Matter was a modern day conspiracy investigative role playing game, and it is, in my opinion, still to date, after everyone that I've read since, the best. The richness of that book, that first book, mm-hmm. the Dark Matter campaign setting is one of the most beautiful, well put together, evocative role playing game settings that I've ever seen for a traditional role playing game. It's a shame it basically vanished. They tried to like reference it a little bit in D20 Modern, but yeah. Alternity just did it so well. Right. And the other one is Unknown Armies. Mm-hmm. I want more people to talk about Unknown Armies. And for Palladium fans, I highly recommend checking out Unknown Armies. If you can find a copy of either the second edition or the, the recently released third edition. But my memories are mostly in the second edition, which is the, the beige cover. That game has a deep percentile skill system that is a very, very, very easily drifted over or used for inspiration for palladium skills Mm -hmm. if you want to add just a little bit more variety to the way that you roll your skill checks check out unknown armies and the way that they do it and if you want to play a percentile based horror game modern conspiracy horror that's just fucking out there Mm -hmm. just some strange concepts Yep. That aren't Lovecraftian and are more postmodern. What the fuck? Yeah. Check out Unknown Armies. Definitely. I, yeah. One of the weirdest magic systems out there, and I love it to death. Yeah. Fantastic games. Um, anyway, <laughs> stepping off my soapbox now. No longer advertising, no longer, you know, telling Kevin what he needs to do. Do we have any last words about Beyond the Supernatural? Uh, give it a shot. Realize when you pick it up, you're not opening up an X-Files clone. Uh, realize that, you know, quick, pop in an episode of Kolchak the Night Stalker, and uh, then get ready for to beat back the horrors from the corners of the universe and uh, hopefully keep yourself intact afterwards. One of the problems of working on a podcast series like this, especially with something with such a, a vast library as Palladium, is that you're like, where am I going to find the time to fit in yet another <laughs> campaign? <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play that. And you put that in the back of your head. And then, you know, like, I, I've got about 30 of those now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this this was on the list. I, I'd, I'd like to play this one. Oh, my God. He really does look like he's going to talk to me about the various types of bait and lures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Drop that in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah we will definitely be sharing this picture uh in our notes <laughs> if you want to know what the face of darkness and horror looks like <laughs> it looks like roy at the beach <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note good night folks good night <laughs> You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. 
All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.